You are Locked On Cougars. Welcome into a Tuesday edition of the podcast. Hope you all are doing great out there in Cougar Nation. We have a lot to cover ahead on today's show. Is BYU basketball in mortal peril? We'll talk about that. Mark Pope having to do some work now in the transfer portal to remake his roster. We'll examine what to make of the moves most recently of Gideon George and Caleb Lohner entering the NCAA transfer portal. We'll also talk some BYU football. Some scheduling news out there for 2023. Do we know what BYU's non-conference schedule is going to be already? We'll examine that and of course we will catch up on everything else going on in BYU sports news as well as continuing our player countdown ahead of the 2022 football season as well so a lot to get to on today's show and let's get right to it this is your locked on cougars podcast for april 19th 2022 you are locked on cougars your daily podcast on the BYU cougars part of the locked on podcast network your team every day. What's up, my friends? I'm Jay Catch, your host here on Locked On Cougars, your resident BYU insider. I work for the Zone Sports Network in Salt Lake City, Utah, as the executive producer of DJ and PK in the morning. And a huge thank you for making us your first listen right here on Locked On Cougars. As we are fond of saying, we are very proud to be part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Of course, the motto is your team every day. And as such, we are your only daily podcast focused on the BYU Cougars. Make sure to check out the show, the show excuse me, on social media media facebook instagram or twitter search out locked on cougars you also can find me on twitter jacob c hatch is the handle love being with you guys and on that handle broke a little news yesterday byu basketball losing both caleb loner and gideon george to the ncaa transfer portal now this went like wildfire obviously as most things do considering most recently byu losing chris burgess to the university of utah and by the way that has still not been officially announced by the utah basketball program I don't know what the running Utes are waiting for, but I have every expectation, everything I've heard is that it's just a matter of time. Maybe by the time you're listening to this, it'll officially be official. But Chris Burgess heading to the University of Utah and now two more players exiting the school, exiting the BYU basketball program, I should say. I guess exiting the school at the same time. With both Gideon George as well as Caleb Lohner deciding that their fortunes lie elsewhere. I broke that news yesterday on Twitter. And as of now, my reporting is that both of these players have every intention of of playing elsewhere next year and have no intention of returning to BYU. So also clarify one thing here. Can hearts be softened, minds changed? Obviously, a lot of that can happen. But right now, as of right now, my reporting is that both of those players intend to look at their options elsewhere. Gideon George, we already knew, had officially declared himself eligible for the NBA draft. He's going to explore his options professionally. And everything I've been told is he intends to fully explore his professional options, whether that be potentially in the NBA, the G League, overseas in Europe, even in his native Africa, uh, he could go professional. But he's also keeping his options open to look at another program here stateside if he wants to play one more year of college ball to maybe round out his game. He's going to play somewhere else, though. Same thing with Caleb Lohner. That's a little more of the surprising news out there, but We've been paying attention. There's been some discontent with Caleb Lohner, it feels like, and he has decided, you know what, it is 
time for me to go spread my wings and find another place to play basketball. Is it a blow to the BYU basketball program? Well, it depends on who you ask. I'm of the opinion it is a blow for BYU because I felt like Caleb Lohner, as the season got into its final weeks, I felt like he finally started to find himself again as a basketball player. Did his season this past year live up to the expectations? No, it did not. This was a guy, many of you might recall, was in a preseason All-West Coast Conference selection. He was expected to be an all-conference player, and it did not pan out that way. He was gun-shy at times, seemingly lost confidence in his shot, uh, just could not seemingly get out of his own way in certain circumstances. But I felt like as the final weeks of the season came and went, he got better and better the more he played. He was playing out of position because of BYU's Darth of Big Men, and that was a big impact, I feel like, on his game individually. But he's decided it is time to look elsewhere. Let me also be clear. Do not be surprised if Caleb Lohner ends up playing for the University of Utah next year. He's very close with Chris Burgess, but it's not a done deal. I just wouldn't be surprised if you see Caleb Lohner end up at the university he once upon a time signed with a national letter of intent and then ask for that release from that national letter of intent to sign with the BYU basketball program. Uh, that sound you're hearing right now, that, that button pushing and the whoosh of uh, audio, well, that's the deleting of tweets and all of the bad words that Utah fans said about the Lohner family and Caleb himself after he quote-unquote went Benedict, uh, not Benedict Cumberpatch, Benedict Arnold, there we go, actor, you know, historical figure, same difference. But regardless, uh, they are deleting those tweets right now about this insinuations of him getting improprieties, inducements to play for BYU, uh, parents allegedly getting jobs from the university, speaking of BYU, to go uh, end up with Caleb Lohner playing for the BYU basketball program. Kind of funny how that might shake out if he ends up uh, playing for the Utes, but... Right now, I think there's a lot of BYU fans out there, and many of you watching this and or listening to it are worried or saying, okay, Jake, is this just a dumpster fire? Did Mark Pope suddenly just lose control of the reins? Is the BYU basketball program out of control? I'm going to withhold that judgment. It doesn't look good right now. Let me be very blunt about that, because losing an assistant and two of your rotation players, in addition to now six other players who have exited the program, uh, four of them either due to injury and or graduation, those being Alex Barcelo, T. John Lucas, Gavin Bax, and Ian Harward. Those guys have already moved on. And two other players had already previously entered the NCAA transfer portal and Nate Hansen as well as Hunter Erickson. So you have got eight guys who have exited the program. Only one of them uh, did not count against your scholarship limit last year, that being Alex Barcelo. So essentially, you have seven of your 13 roster spots who are currently unoccupied for the BYU basketball program. Uh, three of those are going to be taken up by incoming freshmen or expected to be taken up by incoming freshmen, those being Dallin Hall, Richie Saunders, and Tanner Toulson. All three of them are expected to be part of the program next year. They'll be joining the core of what would be uh, Trey Stewart, Atiki Ali Atiki, Spencer Johnson, Trevin Nell, Seneca Knight, and Fuseni Traore. Now, that's not a bad core, but it, scream, it hardly screams a team that is going to go out and put heart uh, fear into the hearts of St. Mary's and or San Francisco and or most notably Gonzaga when it comes to West Coast Conference play. And the rest of the Big 12 is just out a collect, is letting out a collective yawn saying, okay, wake us up when you got something that's really of note for us here. So there is a lot of work to be done for the BYU basketball program. I'm withholding judgment on casting an indictment against Mark Pope for his failings, quote unquote, as a coach. 
He has a month here. The signing period is open until May 18th. So today is April 19th. So a month from yesterday, BYU will have to figure out what they're doing. There's a big opportunity and a massive risk for Mark Pope right now. He's got a huge opportunity to turn over this roster, remake it once again, and show what he can do. Ultimately, we will not know how that remade roster will fare until they get on the court this coming November. But he has a big opportunity now to obviously change over that roster and try and find some new pieces that hopefully can bolster the ranks. I am going to withhold that judgment. And a month from now, we will look back and see how he did in this month-long period he's got to put this roster together. And there are still opportunities for uh, players to be added down the stretch if there's a signing, etc. But... The bulk of what Mark Pope has to do to remake his roster and also add to his coaching staff, he's got to hire a new guy to replace Chris Burgess. He's got to do that over the next month, and he's going to earn his paycheck, quote-unquote, during this period. Like I said, we'll look back a month from now, and we will really have a clearer picture of what BYU basketball is going to look like this fall, and it is my sincere hope that Mark Pope will pull another rabbit out of his hat and show what he can do, or, yeah, we can really start to have a discussion about maybe the wheels are coming off a little bit here, and what ultimately the next steps might be. But I'm withholding judgment at this point. A number of you on my social media feeds have refused to withhold that judgment, but yeah, guess what? I get it. I understand that you want BYU basketball to be what they were during that first year that Mark Pope had him. Seemingly everything was hunky-dory, life was good. Well, it still could be that, but it's going to take a lot of work for Mark Pope and his staff to remake this roster, remake this team, and hopefully re-curry some favor with the BYU fan base out there. So we'll talk more about that, as I said, over the coming month. Any other news that comes out? Because the Transfer portal is spinning on ever more. Could another one of these players, a Seneca Knight, who we've heard rumblings about, enter the transfer portal? Absolutely. But anything that comes on that, anything that comes in by way of BYU adding bodies to the roster, we'll have that covered for you right here on your only daily podcast focused on all things BYU basketball and beyond. All right, coming up next, let's talk some BYU football. Some scheduling news. Dave McCann, of course, the play-by-play voice, a big contributor to BYU TV, breaking some news on the UNLV series in 2023 in 2024 that affects BYU obviously going into the Big 12. Did his news help us delineate what exactly the non-conference schedule for BYU is going to look like in 2023? We'll examine that here momentarily. First though, today's show is brought to you in part by our friends at Bet Online. We've talked a lot about this company, but is your number one source for all of your betting stats and sports information needs? Find all the latest sports developments, league reviews and news, including the playoffs going on in basketball and the start of the Major League Baseball season as well. If you're a big junkie of the NBA playoffs like I am, give them a shot. They've got all the different odds for you guys. The best part is they are, uh, excuse me, the best part is BetOnline is your continued source for all of your sports wagering information from live betting. You can do that in-game if you're watching an NBA playoff game. You feel like maybe a team's on the comeback trail and you want to get some good odds on it. You can do that. You also can get all the information on the playoffs, esports, and more. Head to the website today. That is BetOnline.net or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends in action available to you now. It's all courtesy of your friends at Bet Online, where the game starts. All right, some news coming yesterday. Dave McCann revealing that BYU has canceled their series that was scheduled to be played in 2023 and 2024 against the UNLV Rebels. Now, this is not a huge loss on the roster. Let's be very clear about this. UNLV has just been absolute dog crap for seemingly two decades now, if not longer than that. But this is a series that was put together in 2018. Uh, BYU was going to have UNLV coming to Provo in 2023 before making a return trip to Allegiant Stadium down there in Las Vegas 
Vegas in 2024. According to Dave McCann, he says BYU's November 2nd, 2024 game against UNLV at Allegiant Stadium is off per a UNLV source. And Dave would know he worked in Las Vegas as a news anchor for many, many years. He's got connections down there that envy anybody. He says a future meeting in Las Vegas is being discussed. So maybe down the road, BYU could play that game. He says that BYU joins the Big 12 in 2023. And then, of course, the question was asked, what did they say about the 2023 game in Provo? He followed that up with another tweet saying that's off too. He says, I hope BYU will schedule UNLV in the future. Lots of alumni in Las Vegas. I'm not surprised by this at all, if I'm being frank, because UNLV always seemed like a natural team to take off the schedule. I was of the opinion, and I said this on the podcast as well, though, if you were going to play high-level opponents, and I am of the opinion that BYU should not play FCS teams, UNLV would have been a good team to leave on the schedule. But the news coming from Dave McCann may have officially unveiled what BYU is planning to do with their 2023 non-conference slate in their first year as members of the Big 12 Conference. You're probably saying, well, Jake, there's still other games on the schedule. Let's talk about what we have right now and what we know. So, Thank you to FB Schedules, by the way, a great website resource for those of you who do not utilize this. I use it all the time. BYU currently has a home game to open the season against the Tennessee Volunteers at Lavelle Edwards Stadium in Provo. There is no reason to cancel that game. You went to you, you went to Tennessee, went to Rocky Top a couple years ago, or three years ago now. I had an opportunity to go cover that game. It was an absolute blast. You play that game. Then you also have a road game at Arkansas, which is a return date from a home game you're getting this year in Provo. So those two, they're going to remain on the schedule, it appears. BYU is going to play two Power 5 opponents in addition to their first Power 5 slate as a Power 5 conference member. A lot of tough games. Could be upwards of what? That could be 11 games against Power 5 opposition? Yes, it could be that for BYU as members of the Big 12 in their first go-round in their new conference home. But then we also have on the schedule, the UNLV game, which was scheduled for November 4th. That has been taken off the schedule. There was a road game at UCF in November, but UCF, guess what? Hey, they're a member of the Big 12. You can fold that game right into the Big 12 slate if you want. So that game is probably off the books as well. That remains with Southern Utah, a road game scheduled at USC that we recently learned has been canceled as well. So that one can be crossed off. And then there's a date TBA next to the Utah State game that season. Now, that is Four games, count them four, Tennessee, Arkansas, Southern Utah, and Utah State. This, these four games are going to depend on what the Big 12 is going to do. Are they going to go with an eight-game conference schedule, or will they opt for a nine-game conference schedule? Depending on how this goes, I feel like that TBA for the Utah State game, that is the game that either gets added or subtracted off of the list. You're going to play Tennessee, you're going to play at Arkansas, and you're going to keep that Southern Utah game against Jake Hatch's wishes. I do not like the FCS games. I'll be very clear about that. I will be a broken record on that from now until the end of time. But if they do go for the eight-game conference schedule and you need a fourth non-conference game, that TBA next to Utah State, a road game at Utah State to be clear, that is the game I feel like is the swing game here for BYU football. So there you go. That is your 2023 slate. At minimum, Home game against Tennessee, road game at Arkansas, home game against Southern Utah, and then also potentially a road game at Utah State, depending on if it's an eight or a nine game conference slate. It'd be very interesting. I am of the opinion that this is actually a win for BYU. Uh, Two power five programs, both of them SEC programs. If you can go out and show what you did this past year in 2021 against power five opposition, you continue that on into the 2022 season, and then you continue that into 2023, and you can uh, stake some pelts or what do you call them? Uh, snag some pelts. I don't know how to describe it accurately. You go and get a uh, Tennessee and Arkansas, and then you go out there 
and you have a good run in the Big 12 in your first year, that's going to announce yourself to the world. That's the fun part about what BYU's got cooking for him right now, my friends, is BYU's on a hot streak right now for BYU football. For everything we just talked about, BYU basketball being in seemingly disarray and just seemingly things going off the rails, BYU football... Life couldn't be better. And Dave McKenna also recently wrote another piece for BYU uh, about BYU for the Deseret News, saying that The Rock, uh, BYU's athletic department, is the BYU football program going to bring in, according to projections, over the lifetime of the first 10 years, they're going to be in the Big 12, 300-some-odd million dollars. It's crazy to think about the amounts of money BYU is going to be making. But it's the BYU football program that truly is the rock of the BYU, BYU athletic department right now. Uh, Baseball has been upended. Uh, women's basketball just had their coach resign. We've had assistants and players leave the BYU men's basketball program. Some of the high-level programs in the BYU athletic department are just seemingly up in the air right now. But meanwhile, Kalani Satake and the Cougars, speaking of the BYU football program, sit over there and say, ah, we got this, guys. Don't worry about it. So... I'm actually kind of glad that BYU is starting to figure things out. And obviously, there's still many more games that are going to have to be canceled when it comes to BYU and their Big 12 membership because they are going to have to obviously continue to move things around with regards to schedules and the games they have scheduled out until the 2030s against Boise State. Uh, that series, I think, for all intents and purposes, is dead at this time. But you know what? It's all worth it. You're going into the Big 12. You're in the big time. You're a Power 5 program. The decade-long-plus era of independence, which we're going to talk a little bit more about here momentarily, is over. And good things are on the horizon. I am bullish as I have ever been about BYU football. And trust me, I have watched BYU football since the early 90s. And some of the seemingly good old days for BYU football, they're back. And that's the fun part if you're a BYU football fan. So let's enjoy them. All right, coming up here in just a moment, we continue on with our player countdown. We talked yesterday about one of the top 50 players of all time for BYU outside of the independent era. We're going to do 50 players of the all-timers for BYU football and 50 players of independence, uh, the best players of the last decade plus of BYU independence as we go into the final year of the independent slate for BYU football. We'll talk about one of those guys as well as catching you up on everything else going on on BYU Sports News here momentarily. A quick reminder, though, that today's show is brought to you in part by our friends over at Intercap Lending. Absolutely love this company. There's a reason that no lender helps more families in the state of Utah with their mortgage needs than our friends at Intercap. And simply put, Intercap, they get deals done. They feature a quick and simple process. They close loans two weeks faster than the industry average. And although that that speed, that being fast is great, the ultimate goal is to create a stress-free home loan process for you, the consumer. And that is what Locked On's personal loan officer over Intercap Lending, Steve Carter, has been delivering and has delivered to hundreds of Locked On listeners, including Locked On founder David Locke himself. And let's be real, my friends, if Steve can keep David on track throughout that entire process, he can help anybody, and I'm serious about this. The best part is Intercap Lending, they are still available to help you guys out. If you still want to take advantage of what are rates that are rising right now, inflation obviously wreaking havoc on the housing market, if you still want to take advantage of what are still relatively low rates, get on it now. Reach out to Steve Carter you can reach out to him as direct line, a direct line for you, our listeners, 385-800-8528, or you can email him, scarter, C-A-R-T-E-R, at intercaplending.com. He'd love nothing more than to answer any and all of your questions, and the best part is you will not find a more responsive loan officer in the industry, I can promise you that. And Intercap Lending, they want nothing more than to help our listeners out. So if you mention that Jay Catch or Locked On Cougar sent you, you're going to get a corporate discount. Yes, you get the corporate discount. If we want to help us, help have us or myself 
self-help broker the interaction between you and Steve Carter and Intercap Lending, feel free to reach out. Locked on Cougars at BYU, uh, excuse me, locked on BYU at gmail.com. We'll get you in touch and get you on your way. That is Intercap Lending. They're headquartered in Utah, but licensed to help with all of your mortgage needs in more, in more than 40 states nationwide. So they can help you here at home in Utah and beyond statewide. Uh, that's, man, I'm struggling with this. Nationwide, that is what they're going for. So you reach out to them. Steve Carter, once again, his direct line, 385-800-8528, 385-800-8528, or go to intercaplending.com to learn more if you want to check it out online. That's Intercap Lending, NMLS number 190465. Intercap Lending is an equal housing lender. All right, let's talk a little BYU football. On yesterday's podcast, if you didn't get a chance to listen to it, I would encourage you to go back. I kicked off what we have done over the past few years on this podcast, and it's our summer long countdown series. And I have done the top 100 players BYU jerseys. We talked about player number 99 all the way through number one and talked about the players in the countdown to BYU football. Last year, we did the 100 seasons of BYU football. They had been 100 played, if you counted the BYU Academy days, way back in the late 1890s. We did that last year. Uh, we've also done the greatest players to ever wear a BYU number from number 99 all the way to number one. Well, this year we decided to split it up a little bit. We're going to do, uh, it's going to be 100 players. So let's be clear about that. So it's 100 players counting it down to BYU football, but we're splitting it up. 100 of the greatest players of all time outside of the independent era for BYU. So essentially before 2011, and then the 50 players that I enjoyed the most during the independent era, because this is the era that I covered professionally over over the past decade. I entered the media realm for BYU as an intern in 2010, and that was last year a Mountain West Conference affiliation for BYU. Then I've been officially covering this professionally since 2011, and this is an era that I am very familiar with. So we're going to talk about the 50 greatest players outside of that era, which we talked about Lake Hemuli yesterday, and today we kick it off with one of the top 50 players of the independent era, and it's a wide receiver by the name of Colby Pearson. Now some of you may know, may know that name, some you may not, and I feel like he was an underappreciated uh, key cog for BYU during his time with the BYU football program. He came to the Cougars in 2013 as a preferred walk-on out of Blackfoot High School in Blackfoot, Idaho. Uh, Six-foot wide receiver, 203 pounds. Nothing necessarily that stood out about him being just like otherworldly in terms of his overall play for BYU. What I loved about Kobe Pearson is he gave his all to the BYU football program. There was nothing that was out of bounds for him when it came to playing for the Cougars. He obviously went on to spend some time in the lower levels of the professional ranks, got some looks at the NFL level. I think he uh, tried to play in the Alliance of American Football as well as the original iteration of the XFL, if I recall correctly. I frankly was stunned that he didn't uh, try out for the USFL when that came around this year, but he maybe does decide it's time to move on. He finished his BYU career, let me lay this out here, with 76 receptions across 41 games played. He started five in his career, by the way, five starts across those 41 games played. Uh, 76 receptions, 864 yards, and eight touchdowns for his career. So nothing that just absolutely was like, wow, this is a guy who was absolutely a stud. But what I loved about Colby Pearson is he gave his all for four straight years to the BYU football program, all the while being a walk-on, all the while, I believe, being married for a lot of his time at BYU and just making 
every day the best day he possibly could make it. That's what I love about Kobe Pearson. Had very sparse interactions with him during his time at BYU, but he always came off as a guy who was one of the hardest workers out there and was going to give the BYU football program everything he could muster. I had a great chat with Guy Holiday, the former BYU wide receivers coach who actually was the coach uh, coaching the wide receiver position when Kobe came to BYU. I believe that uh, Guy Holiday convinced him to take a preferred walk-on option to come to BYU. And Guy Holiday told me that Kobe Pearson was one of his favorite guys to coach simply due to the fact he just was relentless. He stayed after it every single day. There was no give up in this young man. And that's a very high compliment to be paid as a walk-on because it can be very easy as a walk-on with the college football program, especially the caliber of BYU, to get disillusioned and say, you know what? It's not for me. I'm going to try something else. Maybe it's time to move on. But Kobe Pearson stuck with it. And his best year in a BYU uniform did come in his senior season in 2016 with 13 games played, 38 receptions, 384 yards, and a career-high four touchdowns. All of those marks were career highs for him. So he went out on top. Like I said, nothing otherworldly, but one of the 50 players I enjoyed watching during my time covering BYU as a member of the independent era. And let me be also be very clear about this. The 50 players countdown is going to be more more of a top, true top 50 for the all-timers. When it comes to the independent era, yeah, maybe as you get closer to the number one through number 10 type stuff, there'll be more of a true countdown. But a lot of the stuff in the early going with the independent era for BYU is guys that I enjoyed watching. Uh, there's no delineation, I feel like, between number 50 here for Colby Pearson and maybe a guy who's sitting at number 38. It's just more of a Oh, that's, that's a guy I enjoyed watching, so that's a guy I'm going to put on the countdown. So, if you wanted a true countdown maybe this isn't necessarily going to be the best true countdown, but we're going to have some fun with it along the way all the same. All right, and then the other news we need to get to on today's show is congratulations to BYU freshman Mason Strong. He was named West Coast Conference Player of the Week Monday afternoon for his performance over the weekend at Nebraska for the BYU baseball program. He is BYU's starting catcher. He is from Santa Clara, Utah. Helped BYU to a 3-1 series victory over the Big Ten powerhouse Cornhuskers. He appeared in all three victories at Nebraska, hitting 333 for the series, along with a slugging percentage of 667. And that was his best with the game on the line. In the second game of the doubleheader on Friday, he broke a 6-6 tie in the top of the 8th inning with a solo home run that proved to be the game winner in a 7-6 victory. So congratulations to Mason Strong. He's the second straight freshman to win um, West Coast Conference Player of the Week honors for BYU. It's kind of cool to see considering a lot of the turmoil that BYU baseball has been in with Mike Littlewood abruptly stepping down last week. But BYU is back in action tonight. They're headed up to the University of Utah to take on the Utes at Smith's Ballpark. Uh, game time is scheduled for 6 o'clock Mountain Time. It will be broadcast live on the Pac-12 Network. The audio broadcast can be heard on the BYU Sports Network with Greg Rebell on the call as well. Uh, BYU did beat the Utes earlier this year in their first meeting of the season 10-3. to There'll be one more meeting between the Utes and the Cougars that'll be at home in Provo in May. So stay tuned for that game, but a big opportunity for BYU baseball tonight as they take on the Utes up there in Salt Lake City, and then they'll be back into West Coast Conference play against Powerhouse San Diego this coming weekend at Miller Park. So there you go. You're up to speed on everything you need to know about BYU sports as you round out this Tuesday edition of the show. I want to remind you guys, though, before we go, make sure you guys check out the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. We talk about this being your first listen of the day. Make the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast your second listen of the day. It's a fantastic resource for everything going on with the draft which is just over a week a day. Are we 10 days away? Uh, the mock draft by the way the ultimate mock draft that the Locked On Podcast Network did last year. That is live now. Picks 1 through 5 were released yesterday. I believe picks 6 through 10 are coming out today. They get you covered folks when it comes to the NFL draft 
all season long, but more importantly, every day leading up to the draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Draft podcast, free and available wherever you get your podcasts. All right, that is going to do it for today's edition of the show. A huge thank you once again for joining us here on the podcast. Uh, if you're seeing this on YouTube, you see my fin- point, finger pointing to that lower corner. Make sure you hit that button, subscribe, enable notifications, share it, comment, like, do all that fun stuff. Help us build this audience on YouTube. Got a great audience on the regular podcast channels, and we're continuing to build that as well. But a huge thank you for all of your support of Locked On Cougars. That'll do it. Have a great rest of your day. This has been the Locked On Cougars podcast for April 19th, 2022. Happy Taco Tuesday, folks. We'll talk to you tomorrow.